You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday, September the 30th as we finish out september that happened quick and uh for a while there it seemed like time was going very very slowly and now for a while it seems like it's been going incredibly quickly either way sadly um we did not watch the philadelphia phillies play in the major league baseball playoffs last night nor will we watch them play tonight or anytime this season as we all know the phillies did not make the playoffs a true disastrous collapse in september and we're taking the rest of this week to wrap up the season and to look ahead to what's coming next. And I think that's really going to be the theme of the next few pods here. Going to be the theme of the next few shows here as we round out the 2020 season here. What's next? Um, I know we've already talked about it a fair amount. The, uh, the Matt Clentak situation spent a lot of the show yesterday talking about. We still don't know. Still don't know. It does appear... Uh, Like John Middleton, yet again, similar to the Gabe Kapler situation, is going to take his time. Um, Again, we have no word. The only word we've gotten is that Bob Brookover tweet that said a Phillies team source thought that he would keep his job. Um, Past that, we have no idea. Matt Gelb had a, a fascinating article on The Athletic yesterday that is also a little concerning in some ways, but um, talking about it said uh, Middleton was forced to ponder deeper questions about this franchise that extended past the roster, uh, beyond the roster. He said this is a tumultuous week for the entire organization. Middleton spent Monday, according to sources, debating Matt Klintak's future as general manager. There is no indication Middleton has issued a decision, and until then, everything involving baseball operations group is in limbo. Not ideal, right? I mean, that is uh, not ideal that we are still sitting here uh, waiting and wondering. Again, you know, we use the example of, of Billy Epler with the Angels, who had five years with the Angels, did not make the playoffs in five years. Eerily similar to Matt Klentak, both of them with the Angels at the same time prior to Klentak coming here. Epler has already been fired, was fired as soon as the game ended on Sunday, and now we are still waiting in limbo. And, and look, we'll get into this article more tomorrow. Um, as we continue to kind of look what's coming up, but um, it uh, it wasn't very positive. You know, it talked about the potential for cost-cutting. Uh, here's a quote from it. The push to cut costs could result in the Phillies not extending a qualifying offer to Didi Gregorius, a decision that would be a slam dunk in most off-seasons. Uh, the league has yet to set the price out for that offer, but it could be close to one year, $18 million. The Phillies could wager the depressed market in which multiple teams might not spend even $1 on free agents will lessen interest in Gregorius. It's a risk, but most teams will lean towards the risks that delay financial costs. Um, look, I get it. 
I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it, but, man, um, it's not what you want to hear, you know? Uh, you know, especially, again, I know that, that owners have lost money this year, but they are billionaires, and, and you know, we don't want to hear about, you know, cutting costs to the point where you can't support the roster you need to support, right? I mean, especially as someone who has talked about bringing the pro trophy back to Philadelphia or die trying and all that and, and spending what it takes and, and all that, um, you know, it's it's disappointing to read that article and who knows what what truth is in there and all that. And, you know, we'll continue to talk about it all. But I think right now we're, we're very much in a state of limbo with the Philadelphia Phillies. And I talked about it yesterday, but um, it really does feel like this is a, a real crossroads moment for this franchise. You know, kind of which way do we go here? What does John Middleton do? How does he set the course for the franchise moving forward? It's a fascinating question, and we're going to get the answer. But again, it might take some time as he is taking his time making these decisions. And um, again, I understand it. Look, he, he took a long time to make the Gabe Kapler decision, ultimately came to the conclusion that a lot of people wanted him to. The question is, will he do the same with this Matt Klintak situation? I think that if it were not for that one Bob Brookover tweet saying that a team source thought he would keep his job, I think that there would be overwhelming expectation that he would be fired. I think there is still a, a, a large group of people out there who are still expecting him to be fired. I think that, um, and again, the way that tweet was worded, it was not a definitive report. It was a, a think, someone thinks. Um, that is not a definitive report. Um, so... And look, again, we heard these type of things last year, too, and then it took 10 days, but Middleton ultimately got rid of Gabe Kapler. So I just think that, that Middleton's taking his time, that he's going to be meticulous about this. He's going to talk to people. He's going to really investigate and figure it out and stuff. As we've talked about, I don't personally think that it takes that much effort or meticulous research to figure this out. You know, I think the evidence is pretty clear and pretty you know, right in your face, but that's the way Middleton goes about his business, so that's fine. So the biggest storylines, I think, the offseason, we kind of got into this a bit yesterday, but I think as you look at this team now as we're shaping up for this offseason and heading into the offseason and preparing for the future, I think the Matt Klintak thing is by far, in a way, nothing's even close, the biggest storyline and the, the biggest decision that will be made by this team. It is literally about the future of the franchise. It's about who is the steward of the franchise, who will be making decisions, who will be helping to restock, rebuild. I mean, it is pretty unbelievable to think about the fact that not only have the Phillies not made the playoffs in nine years, but in the five years since Matt Klintak has been here, they have not made the playoffs. Obviously, we all know they have not had a winning season in the five years that Matt Klintak has been here, and, and they sit here without a farm system. You know, a farm system that will be in the 20s or so, ranking-wise, once Bohm and Howard are, are moved up, as they are part of the Major League roster, um, it's barren. And you can't expect, um, after this long, to, to come out of this without a real valuable franchise from the top down to the bottom. And you know, and then you have the seventh highest payroll and all that. Look, we don't need to rehash the, the show from yesterday, but um, that is clearly the most important decision that will have the biggest influence in the offseason, but there are still some other important storylines and question marks heading into the offseason. Like, obviously, we know some things. Like, we know Bryce Harper's going to be here next year. We know Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler will be back at the top of the rotation. We know Alec Bohm's going to be here, and, and we're super excited to see what he's got. You know, there, there are pieces we know. 
But there are question marks. Obviously, you know, outside of Klintak, which is the biggest one, the JT Romito situation is clearly the next. He's the arguably the best player on the team, but certainly one of the two best with him and Harper. Um, the best at his position in the sport on both sides of the ball. Bryce Harper came out after the season, after spending all season talking about keeping him here, came out at the end of the season and, and point blank said, plain and simple, they have to keep him. He has to be here next year. Now, this is a tough one, obviously, because, you know, despite the economic climate, I had originally thought prior to the season that the economic climate, and, and we just talked about that Matt Gelb article, the idea that some teams are not looking to spend in free agency like they would have before, and the Phillies are betting on a depressed market, which, again, on the whole, I think there will be. I still think that was the right thought. I think that in the end, the, the, on, the, on average, so to speak, the market will be softer. It will be harder for these guys to make money. Teams will be more frugal. There will be less suitors. I just think that when you look at the free agents, I think JT Romuto is probably going to be the one exception because of the position he plays, because of the fact that, again, Steve Cohen is walking in here with $14 billion in his pocket. Think about that. John Milton's worth, what, like 3.5 or 3.4 or something? I mean, that's four times as much he's worth. It's unbelievable how much money Steve Cohen has. And, you know, look, we we know the guy. We know he's based on, based on the, or the character in Billions is based on him. He's a, you know, uh, uh, he's a rich guy. And he likes to... Let people know he's a rich guy. And the way you do that when you buy a Major League Baseball team is you come in, you throw some cash around. And JT Romito, on every level, makes the most sense. You're stealing him from a rival. You're filling your biggest positional need literally on your team, both offensively and defensively. And you're bringing in a guy who can... Look, the Mets have a solid roster. I mean, JT Romito is the kind of guy that could take them from good to great. You know, I know they didn't make the playoffs the last years, but they were better than the Phillies two years ago. And this year, they weren't far off. In the end, turned out they were only... Game or two back, whatever it was. So I think it just makes a lot of sense there. And then there have been rumors about the Nationals being interested in JT Romuto. And, you know, you'd have to figure the Yankees would at least dip their toes in. Gary Sanchez does not look like he's the answer there. So um, the real Muto situation is super concerning. And look, if you're JT, too, after you give the Phillies two great years, well, really a year and 60 games, not his fault, but what it is, but, you know, after the first year, you're the best catcher in baseball. They take your arbitration. They knock you down a couple million. They fight against you. And that's the thing with arbitration. And Jason Sark had a stat uh, last week, I believe it was, um, or a nugget, you'll call it, whatever, that was both alarming and also quite um, shocking that no team has ever taken a player to arbitration in the last, heading into the last year of his contract, won that arbitration, which is the case with the Phillies and J.T. Romito, and had that player re-sign with them in free agency. It's never happened. If J.T. Romito signs with the Phillies, it'll be the first time in history of baseball, obviously since Kurt Flood and free agency was a thing in the 70s. It will be the first time it has ever happened. Not great. And look, arbitration itself is an ugly process. You know, I mean, that basically is the Phillies going in there and saying he's not worth the money he wants because of this, 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 and this. They're tearing the guy down. Like, that's the process. That's what you do. And I know JT Romito was super cool about it. And, you know, he said he's doing it for other catchers and other players. And that he's, you know, really taking that type of view on things that he understands it's a business. And all that. But, you know, on a certain level, I'm sure he wasn't psyched that the Phillies go in and just crap all over him to, to save a couple million. And then the fact that they did it just to save a couple million. The fact that the Phillies had not signed him to a long-term deal already when they knew they wanted him here just because of the luxury tax. I mean, it's, it's organizational malpractice in a lot of ways. 
And if I were JT Romito, I would I wouldn't blame him for leaving. You know, right? I mean, like, I get it. We did you dirty. We didn't treat you right. I get it. So, look, and ultimately, I do think money walks, money talks. Excuse me. Um, I think in the end that that you know, if the Phillies are willing to pony up for JT Romito, there's a really good chance he'll be here. But why would I believe that the Phillies are going to pony up for him over Steve Cohen? Right? I mean, what have we seen from the Phillies other than the Bryce Harper contract, which, you know, was a, a nice contract, but again, it's $25 million a year. It's spread out over 13 years. They really found a way to make it as, you know, luxury tax-friendly as they could. But why would I think that, that they're going to overpay for Romito? And look, honestly, they probably, there's a certain point where it, as much as JT Romito is more important to the Phillies than anyone, for so many reasons, as we've talked about, your star player won't stop talking about how it has to be here. You need him for this core that you have right now that you've invested so much money and so much effort in for them to compete. Because if, if you're not going to sign Romito, you may as well just rebuild at that point, right? I mean, I know you can add other free agents and whatever, but like that's where you're at. You're talking about this group of guys here has a chance to go for it. And again, it's not there. They're not there yet. That's the other problem. But if you're going to look at it that way with Romito, I mean, you know, if you let him walk, then what? Like, he's so important to the Phillies. And then on top of that, yeah, and even though it's a sunk cost, he should not be the reason you signed Romito. Sixto Sanchez is a star, and he's on another team because of Romito, because you traded for the guy. So the Phillies are really up against the wall with it. They have zero leverage, and, and Romito has so much leverage on them in this situation. And again, you do have to blame the Phillies for that. Like, they have put themselves in this situation. Now, look, it's certainly possible that they tried to get Romito signed to a super fair deal and this and that and all that and he didn't want to um that's possible i don't think that's what happened from everything we've heard it doesn't seem like that's what happened but ultimately i guess it is possible but ultimately they are where they are and it's their own doing if they wanted romuto they could have figured something out they didn't and now you're in a spot where you either have to overpay for a 30 year old catcher for multiple years and again the history of catchers aging great is not well, not good. I mean, Yadi Molina, the only one that pops in my head right away is someone who's aging really well, certainly now, um, and certainly not being the best catcher in baseball for all that time, especially when so much of your value is predicated on your defense. <sighs> they're in a tough spot, and they're all the leverage is against them, and they've put themselves in that spot, and they deserve to get ribbed for it. They deserve to get you know, roasted for it because they've made a massive mistake with how they handled this. And that's on Klentak, and it's on Middleton too. But they've m massively, massively poorly handled this. And they find themselves in a situation because of it. So we'll see. I had been very confident for all the reasons I suggested and mentioned that, you know, that how important he is to re-sign with the Phillies more than any other team. I had felt incredibly confident that one way or another that he would be here next year. I am nowhere near there now. Like, I'm like 50-50. I still think it could happen, but I think the Steve Cohen thing's real. There's too much smoke there to not think that that guy's not going to come in and, and take a shot. And then I also think that that ultimately, look, I'm, I'm nervous that the Phillies will pony up. I mean, what has made us think that they will spend money? What? Why would they? They have not proven us that they will. So, it's concerning. It is very... Very, very concerning. Then, uh, just kind of expanding it out, some of the other issues facing this team this offseason. We talked a little bit about it, but not in depth yesterday. Didi Gregorius, another just mentioned one, the idea that they might not give him a qualifying offer. That doesn't mean they can't re-sign him, but um, 
I mean, the idea of not giving him a qualifying offer is crazy to me. A one-year deal? You can't just suck it up for a one-year deal? I mean, Didi was so good for this team this year. He was their most consistent player night to night. Only guy who played in every game for them. Led the team in RBI. Was great. Didi was awesome. We could not have asked for anything more from Didi Gregorius. He was an awesome player to have on our team. Fun to watch. Cared. Seems like a super likable guy. Played hard every night. Played great defense. Great offensive player. He's a great player. Who wouldn't want Didi Gregorius on your team, especially after having him here for a year and knowing how much fun he is to have on your team, how good a player he is, how great a locker room guy he is. Like, this is a, a, a no-brainer. A no-brainer to bring Didi Gregorius back. It's a question mark, right? I mean, it's a big question mark. I mean, then you get into a lot of other issues, and we'll, we'll dive into more of this over the next few days, but obviously the thing that tore this season apart, the bullpen, what do we do there? I mean, that needs to be completely overhauled, top to bottom, completely new bullpen. That's a big deal. You got to replace Jake Arrieta, which, again, you know, could be a positive thing. I think we're all happy to see Jake go, but you need another starter, at least one. What's going on with Reese Hoskins' elbow? Is he going to need Tommy John surgery? It seems like he's not. Hopefully, that's another important one. Scott Kingery, is he done? Is he lost? I mean, look, he'll be here. They signed him to that contract, so he's not going anywhere. But I'm concerned about Kingery after this year. And you hope it was just a one-year blip and him having COVID before the year and maybe he was just able to, never able to get to where he needed to be. But there's a lot of question marks, a lot of concerns. This is supposed to, supposed to be a team that was, like, all set up now. You know, this is the, the the glory run here. Like, these are supposed to be the salad days for this team now, right? I mean, that's where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be going for it. They said it. John Middleton and Matt Klintak said it to us. They said it's time to win now. And yet you just missed the playoffs again, and you've got all these question marks in the roster. I mean, free agents going into this year. We just mentioned Jake Arrieta, Didi, of course. Jay Bruce is a free agent. David Robertson's a free agent. JT Romito's a free agent. Hector Neris is a free agent. Brandon Workman, who cares? Brad Miller, not on the team anymore. David Phelps is a free agent. Tommy Hunter's a free agent. Blake Parker's a free agent. I mean, they got a lot of guys to figure out. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of holes. And right now, they, they're in limbo when it comes to that stuff. But, I mean, there's a lot of holes that you're losing. And, yeah, you, you get rid of a little money. I mean, the Jake contract is nice to get rid of. The Robertson contract would be nice to get rid of. Neris was making $7 million, so you get some of that money off the books, but is it enough to sign JT and sign Didi and do all the things you need to do and then add to the team? That's the problem, is they are in such a bad spot from a roster makeup perspective. They are in a really bad spot. It's a team that is flawed in multiple areas. It's a team that does not have any young talent on the way to save the day. None. Not even young talent to come along and supplement. Like, give me a, a some bullpen arms. Connor Brogdon, he looked good at the end of the year. That was cool. Yay. It's bad. Like, they're in a really bad spot right now, and that's why this offseason is so important. You look around at some of the other free agents, and we'll look at this list in more detail, um, obviously, uh, over the next two days. But you look at the catcher free agents. Outside of JT Romito, it's not pretty. It is not pretty. It's almost worth uh, just saying, all right, well, we're going with Andrew Knapp if you don't sign Romito. And, I mean, as much as I loved Andrew Knapp this year, think about that drop-off. 
mean, we're talking Wilson Ramos, Kurt Suzuki. Wilson Ramos, there's even a club option. I don't think they'll keep it, but I mean, Matt Wieters, Mike Zanino. I mean, it's a bad list. Austin Romine, like bad list. It's a, a flat-out bad list. Shortstops. You want to look at some shortstops outside of Didi Gregorius. Guess who else is good? One guy. Marcus Semien's a free agent. He's a good player. Andrelton Simmons is a good player. Great defensive player, but that's it. I mean, Jonathan VR, Eric Sogard, Joe Panic, Jose Iglesias. You need Didi back. You need Didi. This is a tough spot, man. This is a bad spot. There's some good starting pitcher options, but they're going to be high-end. I mean, are they going to pay for Trevor Bauer? I don't think so. I mean, then you're talking about, what, go get Mike Fires or a 37-year-old Cole Hamels who threw one inning this year? Rich Hill's 41. Take a shot on him. <laughs> I mean, Mike Miner's 33. Charlie Morton's 37. There's a club option. They'll probably pick that up on him. James Paxton, a 32-year-old James Paxton. Robbie Ray's a free agent. That's an interesting name. There's some interesting names on the pitching side of things, but no one you feel amazing about and no one you expect the Phillies to pay for. And then, obviously, a lot of names bullpen-wise, but, I mean, they got to add guys there. I don't have a choice. But, again, like, look, the last time they tried to add guys, the pennant didn't work out so well. You know, and David Robertson and this and that and all that. And what, what do you do? I just – I'm not optimistic about this team right now, heading into this offseason. I don't feel encouraged. I don't look at this roster and think, oh, they're close because they're not. They need a whole new bullpen. Think about that. A whole new bullpen. And then I worry about the organizational stability. We don't know who the general manager is going to be. If it is Klintak, that's a concern. Because he's done a bad job for five years. If it isn't, are they going to hire the right person? Do we trust them to make those right decisions? organizationally, are they going to be willing to spend the money it takes? That's the problem with the roster they've created and where it comes back to Klentak is the roster they've created is not good enough to win the World Series right now. Obviously. It wasn't even good enough to make the playoffs. So let's not forget that. And yet they're right up against the luxury tax. They have no room for error. And they're not close. The only way, the only way that this team is a World Series contender over the next few years is if they spend to do so. If John Middleton is willing to not just go over the luxury tax, but handily go over the luxury tax, he's going to have to spend money to get them out of this. That's the only chance. If he wants to come through on his, I'm going to bring the trophy back to Philadelphia or die trying, if that was real, if that's something he's going to follow up on, you better get out that checkbook, John. You better get out that checkbook because there's no other way around this. There's no other way that this Philly team can be what you, we, everyone wants it to be unless they go out and spend money. That's it. It's a shame. That's what happens when you don't build up a farm system and continually cycle players in and out and bring up good players like the Rays, like the Indians, like all these other model franchises do, like the Oakland Athletics who every year have a bottom third payroll in baseball and every year they're in the playoffs every year. Like, look at their lineup, top to bottom. It's all guys they develop. We just mentioned Marcus Semien. It's Matt Chapman. It's Matt Olson. It's Ramon Laureano. It's all these guys that, like, no one outside of Oakland knows about, but yet they win every year. Every year. The Rays. We just played the Rays. Did you know half the guys on that team 
Did you? Because most people don't. Whether it's Austin Meadows or Bruce or, you know, all these guys. These guys are, 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 are not known throughout the league, but guess what they're delivering? Because these teams are well run, well put together, and they draft and develop guys. It's not that hard. You just got to do it right. And this Phillies team has not done it right for so long now that they are in a situation where literally the only chance they have is to spend their way out of it. And based on that Matt Gelb article we talked about at the top, I don't know if they're going to be willing to do that. And that's the conundrum we find ourselves in. The best we can do is hope. Look, John Middleton has always seemed to me to be someone who truly does want to win, to be someone who cares about the Phillies. If those things are true, he's going to have to step up now. That's the situation we're in. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Again, we will keep our eye on the Matt Klintak situation, what happens there, and then continue to look ahead to this offseason. A couple more shows for this season. Only two more Phillies today. We'll be back Thursday and Friday, and then that's it for the year. So we will spend the next two days previewing the offseason, trying to figure out what they should do, what they can do, and, of course, uh, keeping an eye and, and an ear out to see if Middleton makes a decision on Klintak and anything else we can. So we will be back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.